You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Friday show. We got your NFL picks for you for the weekend. We also are going to talk about the Circus Survivor Contest. Got some information yesterday. And we're going to look at the college football playoff schedule for next year and how cool I think it is. We went over it a long time ago when it was first announced on how they were going to do the 12-team playoff. But looking at it now... So much better. So much better. Especially when you compare it to what we've known the College Bowl season to look like. And we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's start out with your NFL plays. After a rally last week, last week I was 3-5-1, um, and one, but I started 0-5-1. So we won our last three games because we had games going on Monday night. So we are... 51, 47, and 5 for the season. So we are over 50%. Hasn't been easy, but we've had some good runs. Our best, uh, you know, every week in the NFL, I give out a best bet. I have other picks. I have an underdog play of the week and a three team 10 point teaser. My other picks have done really well 31 and 19 and 4. My underdog play of the week has gone 9 and 7, but seven of those nine wins have been outright. And we've got some plays for you this week. So let's start here. I haven't been good on my best bet at all. So if you want to tail it, great. If you want to fade it, great. I, you know, I, I no matter what I say about why I like a game, when you're sitting there at 4, 10, and 1 on your best bets for the year, uh, yeah, it's going to take a lot of convincing for people to bet my best bet. But I'm looking at Indy this week, buying the half point. We'll take them minus 3 at home against the Raiders, and this is strictly a situational play. This is the Las Vegas Raiders coming off their biggest win of the season, winning at Kansas City as a double-digit underdog, winning outright, going to play the Indianapolis Colts, who got embarrassed last week at Atlanta. I mean, this is a just a absolute situational play. Play against a team that won as a double-digit dog outright, who's back on the road again, and if you buy the half point, you're only getting three with the Raiders. So you take the Colts at home, minus the three. The Colts need to win this game to stay in the playoff race. They still have a good shot to make the playoffs, but they cannot lose to the Raiders. You're only laying a field goal at home. I'll take them. Other plays that I like, again, another situational play. you got the Baltimore Ravens coming off arguably their biggest win of the year, as a road underdog, winning outright on Monday Night Football. So the road underdog wins outright on a short week, and now they're a home favorite. And they're playing against a team that's really good. Miami's beaten them in Baltimore within the last two years. I don't like the fact that Miami is now without Jalen Waddell. I don't like the fact that it looks like Miami might be a public dog in the situation. This line was at four. I think it might have been at four and a half at one point. Now it's down to three. But I'll still take the Dolphins plus the three. This is kind of – it's more so because Miami can win this game and still Miami has a lot to play for. They can be the one seed if they beat Baltimore in this game. I'll take Miami plus the three, and this is kind of a bet against just that situational play of you bet against the team that won a big game on the road on Monday night and then coming home as a favorite. It's just back-to-back weeks to do that. It's tough to get up back-to-back weeks. We've seen it happen to the Cowboys. We've seen it happen to the Eagles. 
It's tough to play good teams on back-to-back weeks, especially when you pull off a pretty big upset in the first time, in the first game you play of that two- to three-game set. I talked about this earlier in the week. I think Cincinnati getting seven at Kansas City is too much. I'll take them plus the seven at Kansas City. You know, another situational play. You bet against Patrick Mahomes when the line is six or more. You just do. He has not been good against the spread. He wins a lot of these games, but he wins them close. And I don't think I need to go over with you the Kansas City Chiefs' struggles at home this year. You know, we've gone over it. They've had eight home games this year. In six of them, they scored 21 points or less. So if that holds, Cincinnati only has to put up 14 points. I think they could do that. So give me Cincinnati plus the seven in this one. This third play I have for the picks, this is the only other one I have, and I'm going to go with this only because you have to get, you're going to have to watch for I wouldn't put this pick in just yet because Trevor Lawrence hasn't been announced as the starter yet. If he's not the starter, this is a no play. But if Trevor Lawrence is starting, which I think he will be, because do you realize Trevor Lawrence has never missed a start in high school, college, or pro? I don't think he's going to miss this one because the Jacksonville Jaguars can still win their division and get a home playoff game. They need to win their last two. They're home against the worst team in football this week, the Carolina Panthers, and they're laying six. I would – this is only a bet if Trevor Lawrence is playing and starting. Give me Jacksonville minus the six in this one. If you hear that he's out, if you want to put it in now in hopes that he plays – And then if it's announced he doesn't, then I would just bet the other side and try and hedge out of this. Obviously, you'd have to get it at plus six, so you can so you would only lose the vig on this. You know, if you put in Jacksonville minus six right now, and Trevor Lawrence is ruled out, and the line goes down to three, and you bet Carolina minus three, you could lose both because Jacksonville could end up winning by four or five. Then you lose both bets. It it does happen at times, but I would say pay attention if he's ruled out. Put it in as quick as you can and go from there. My underdog play of the week is not much of an underdog, but they are an underdog, and I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night plus the one at Minnesota. Why? Because Minnesota announced yesterday that Jalen Hall is going to be their starter. You know, they had Kirk Cousins. Then they went to Josh Dobbs. Then they went to Nick Mullins. Now they're going to Jalen Hall. They think that Dobbs and Nick Mullins turned the ball over too much. I, I just can't take a rookie quarterback in this situation against a divisional foe. Um, I, I I don't see it. Minnesota already beat Green Bay in Green Bay. I love this play. I'm surprised Green Bay isn't favored, especially with the Jalen Hall announcement. Not saying they should be favored by a lot. I thought Green Bay already lost to Minnesota, so they got revenge on their mind. Minnesota starting a rookie quarterback. I think it's only his second start ever. I thought Green Bay was going to be minus one, minus one and a half. They're plus one. I'll take that. That's fine with me. Give me Green Bay as the um, underdog play of the week. Three-team 10-point teaser. We're 7-11 and 11 on these. Haven't been great on them, but we're going to go Green Bay plus the 11. Um, even if Minnesota wins this game, I think this is you know a one-score game for sure. I don't think Jalen Hall is beating the Green Bay Packers by double digits. We're going to take Indianapolis as well. I just don't think uh, they're going to lose to the Raiders, and if they do, I think it's a close game. So on a 10-point tease, they're getting 6.5 points. 
We'll take Indy at home plus six and a half. And the third team, we'll go back to the well with the Eagles. Uh, they're laying 12 at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, let's tease them down to two. So they just have to beat the Cardinals by a field goal, which I think they can do because they still control their own destiny in the NFC East. They need to win the game. I don't see them losing to Arizona. So three-team, 10-point teaser, Green Bay plus 11, Indy plus 6.5, and, and Philly minus the two. So I have an update on the Circa contest. Remember I told you yesterday, well, I wonder what these are going to do, what these people are going to do. The four people left, $9.267 million. One of them could have picked the Browns last night. I don't know if he did. We won't know until Saturday night when Circa's Twitter account tweets it out. He's the only one that could have taken the Browns, and I said, well, they were looking to split at 13 when there were 13 people left in the pool. Why wouldn't they try it at four? Because not only can you get more money than you would have gotten when there were 13 left, because they were looking to split it and give 13 people $400,000 each, and then there was still $4 million left in the pot that they could play for. So you could have the bragging rights to say, I won the Circus Survivor Contest. Or even if you got to the end and you had to split it with two, three, four, five people, you still you declare yourself a winner. You're going to win the 400000 that you decided to chop with and then split whatever the remaining people that are left, divide that by um, $4 because that was left in the pot after you gave 13 people 400000 Well, now, apparently a chop has been established. Four people left in the pool have decided to take $1.75 million each, which means $7 million of the pot is now taken. Each of the four remaining participants get $1.75 million, and they're going to play off for the remainder, which is $2.267. So, yeah. I mean, if so basically the worst you can do is... The 1.75 you already won by chopping the pot between four players. And then if all four players go 2-0 and the rest of the season, then four people split 2.2 million, so you get another 550,000. So you're looking at basically 2.2 million for each person. But they already got their 1.75. If someone gets eliminated, then you divide 2.2 million by three people. If two people get eliminated, divide 2.2 million by 1.1 and just add that on. So... I'd say that's a hell of a payday, and it's a smart thing to do. When you're down to four people, I know even if you have the greatest teams left, you want to get something out of this because you're looking at all that money or nothing, You know, whatever you paid to get in the pool, how many, ever, however many entries you did. We're going to talk to Jeffrey Benson next week, who's the director of operations at Circa Sports, and we're going to find out some answers and see exactly how it was done and if he's, I don't know if he's allowed to tell us. Maybe he can't. I think he can, but <clears throat> tell us of the four people that are left, how many of the, each of them, how many entries did each of them have? And I guarantee you, each of them had more than one entry. Like I said, 9,267 people signed up for Circus Survivor this year, but only, I think, 2,400 went in with one entry. So that just shows you how many people in this pool had multiple entries, basically 75% of the pool, 75% of the people that signed up for this did want more than one entry because you kind of have to, I understand that it's a lot like, look, thousand dollars an entry is not cheap. I understand that, but your odds of going 20 and zero over the course of a season and picking 20 different winners 
through eight, for 18 weeks. Because remember, th- Thanksgiving Day, the three games on Thanksgiving Day, or four games because Thanksgiving Day included Black Friday this year, and then the three Christmas Day games are their own weeks. Now, next year is going to be interesting because Christmas Day is on a Wednesday. I don't think the NFL is having three games on Wednesday next week, so I'm curious, something we can ask Jeffrey next week. You know what? i got to write that in my notes so I don't forget to ask him. If there's no Christmas Day games next week, is next year or in, if there's no Christmas Day games next season, is next year just going to be a 19-week game? You just pick uh, Thanksgiving is your extra week. We don't know. I'll ask him next week. But there, it's on Wednesday. So NFL doesn't play games on Wednesday. Outside of the COVID year, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday are the only days of the week that the NFL has not played games on in their history. And next year happens to be one of those years where the Christmas Day falls on a Wednesday. So I can't imagine they're having games on Wednesday because how do you do that? Teams teams will have played Sunday. You can't say, oh, you got to come back with two days off. It's bad enough they have to come back on Thursdays with three days off. You know, so and you can be like, well, it could be after a bye week. No, because there's only going to be two weeks left in the season and they're not going to have buys this late in the season. So. Um, I, I don't know how they do it. I, my guess is they're not doing Christmas Day games next year and the Circus Survivor Contest. Not that it'll make it easier, but you might only have to pick 19 winners. And only Thanksgiving week will be a solo week. But good for these guys to chop it up and do what they did because that's the smart thing to do, honestly. So college football bowl season is happening right now. And... You know, it's tough to get fired up for any of these games. We're getting into some of the better games, obviously, this weekend. You're getting into the New Year's Six Bowls. Missouri, Ohio State. You know, I want to say <laughs> I want to say Georgia, Florida State's going to be competitive, but it's not. There's a reason Georgia's now a 16-point favorite over Florida State. Everybody on Florida State is basically has already opted out or gone into the transfer portal or just sitting because they're going pro. And Georgia has nobody, basically nobody. They're playing all their starters. They are going to hammer Florida State. Now, for the Florida State fans, I already know their argument at the end of this is because people are going to say like, oh, see, Florida State didn't deserve to be in the Final Four. No, you have to separate the two because the Florida State team that took the field for most of the season outside of Jordan Travis getting hurt is not the team that's going to take the field against Georgia. They are going to be severely, severely lacking in the talent area against Georgia, and Georgia is going to hammer them. If you want to bet one college game, I haven't given you one bowl game to bet because I have not kept up with all the different sit-outs and transfer portal stuff. It's just became – bowl betting is way too hard except for betting the games where you know neither team has people sitting out because they're going pro or whatever, and that's the two semifinal games for the college football playoff. But if there is one bowl game to bet, I don't care what that line gets up to. Georgia's going to hammer Florida State. Florida State – you should see how many roster players are sitting out. It's, it's a joke, and it's sad, but I get it. I mean, it's it's their future. They can do whatever they want, but it's obviously diminishing their chances of winning a bowl game against a team that's 29-1 and in their last 30 games. Anyway, um, and then, you know, the, the two semifinal games aren't until Monday, so when I get, release a show on Monday, I'll give you my thoughts on both games, and I'll probably give you some plays not for any sort of college football record or whatever, but where I'm leaning on on Monday night for the two uh, semifinal games. But, you know, what's interesting is, 
And this has always been crazy to me about college football. I mean, it's literally the only sport where the regular season ends and you have to wait a month for the playoffs to start. I mean, isn't that kind of ridiculous? <laughs> literally, the NBA season usually ends on a Wednesday and playoffs start that weekend. Uh, the NFL playoffs, um, the NFL regular season will end next Sunday. The following Sunday or following Saturday starts playoffs. Um, NHL they get a few days off before playoffs start. Major League Baseball, literally <laughs> there could be a game the day after uh, the regular season ends if there's a tie or something like that. But now that they have the wild card series, those start, uh, the season ends on Sunday, those start on Tuesday. College football, you get a month off before you play your first playoff game. It's been ridiculous ever since college football started. It's, it's just literally the stupidest thing in the world. It's why college football is the most poorly run sport. One of the most exciting sports in the world, but one of the most poorly run sports in the world. Who waits three weeks, four weeks to play a playoff game? You lose all your momentum. All the fans that were excited about championship weekend in college football now have to sit around for a month before they can go watch their team play. Well, next year in the 12-team playoff, while it is still having to wait, they're starting them earlier because I don't know if you know this. We talked about this when it was first announced, but that was months ago. Next year, <clears throat> remember, 12-team playoff, first four seeds get buys. So five plays 12, uh, six plays 11, seven plays 10, and eight plays nine. The first round games, 5-12, the, the ones I just said, there's four of them. 5 6-11, 7-10, 8-9. One of those games is going to be on Friday night, December 20th, and that's going to be at the home stadium of the lower seed, the five seed. And then we're going to have three games on Saturday, the 21st, an early afternoon game, a late afternoon game, and an evening game, kind of like how the NFL structures their schedule on Sundays. you got morning games, afternoon games, and an evening game. That's exactly how you're going to get your four college football quarterfinal matchups, one on Friday night, three on Saturday. Then, or excuse me, that's that's the knockout because there's um, 12 teams. So that's technically the first round. Then once you have 12 teams, four of those teams are going to win and they're going to play the four teams that had buys. So now you have eight teams left. Those are the quarterfinal matchups. And those are going to be the ones now played on December 31st and January 1st. You're going to have one game on December 31st and then three games on January 1st. Um the Peach Bowl is going to be early afternoon. The Rose Bowl is going to stay in its slot on the um, you know mid-afternoon on uh, January 1st, and then the Sugar Bowl is going to be the evening game. So then after that, you're going to have your final four, and then those are part of the bowl system as well. Thursday, January. The, now the difference is your final four in college football, starting with the 12-team playoff next year, are going to be on a Thursday and a Friday. You're going to have a Thursday night game. January 9th is going to be the Orange Bowl, and then January 10th, is going to be the Cotton Bowl. The two winners play each other on January 20th, so the season is getting extended out. But those first-round games are now on the December 20th and 21st, and championship weekend this year was what? It was December 2nd, December 1st and 2nd, so it's only going to be a three-week wait still. Um, better than a four-week wait. Obviously, the teams that are seated one, two, three, and 4 are still going to have to sit out a month but at least this improves it. And I think once we have a couple seasons under our belt of a 12-team playoff, I think it's going to change again. I think they're going to move it up. I think you're going to get that first round of playoffs going to be two weeks after the season ends. 
because January 20th, ending the season January 20th, seems like really far out. <laughs> you know, the end of college football season is going to be January 20th, 2025. Like, that seems like a long ways uh, away, especially when conference championship games are going to be the first weekend in December, right? And then you're not getting a champion until January 20th, seven weeks later. Seems like a lot. So I think once we have one or two years under the belt, because they already have the next two years planned out. In 2025, same thing, except on, you know, like I said, next year, December 20th and 21st, they're going to host the first-round games. In 2025, it's going to be the 19th and 20th of December, and then the same thing, December 31st, one game, January 1st, three games, semifinals on the 8th and 9th, uh, national championship on Monday, January 19th. After that, I think, is when the College Football Bowl Committee and the Playoff Committee and whoever's running college football at that time might be totally different by then is going to realize we need to move it up probably a week. So keep that in mind, but look at it's, I think just looking at that, that excites me. It's way better than what we have now. So look forward to that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Tell your friends. Maybe we'll have a nice 5 and one weekend, maybe even 6-0. and oh. It'd be nice as we head here towards the end of the season. So, again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. Let's go.